0: In 2023, you list the property, there is no guarantee that property is going to be sold. Be a little bit nuggety, have a bit of grit. You have to have some tough conversations with vendors, tough conversations with buyers. What I can say is that with experience provides skill set, and with skill set provides activities that you can actually
1: persuade a buyer to, to act welcome to the upshot podcast by homely where we invite you into honest conversations with entrepreneurs challengers, and long-standing legends shaping the real estate industry today today on the podcast we get to interview tim Heaviside, who's been in the melbourne property space for over 21 years he's worked in a number of different agencies including hocking stewart fletchers and of course woodards in his earlier stages and now is the founder of Heaviside real estate which has entered into the marketplace only a few months ago and in a short period of time has had a great deal of success. Today, when we speak with Tim, we talk about some of the challenges that he's seeing in the marketplace, things that he would have changed in his career that has been extensive, of course, and some of the things that he loves to do in his spare time. Tim, great to have you on the program. It's our first edition here for the Upshot podcast here at Homely. Um, We're thrilled to have someone of your calibre on the program here today just to talk a little bit about your journey and what you've done over your career. So thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, Ben. Excellent. Excellent. Now, I think a a really good starting point, particularly because you're out in the trenches at the moment in this challenging marketplace. Um, Give us a bit of a rundown as to how you see things at the moment. How are you finding the market? It's certainly a price sensitive market. Uh, 2022, we saw prices
0: adjust, and 2023, how we're seeing is that more stock levels coming on, but still it's it's favoring the buyer, but what's not favoring the buyer is the interest rates. Um, yeah. From my company perspective, I started 1st of September, 2022, and now we're uh, sitting early March, 2023, and we've sold 15 properties
1: out of 15 opportunities. Excellent, excellent. So things are still selling. What are the clearance rates like at the moment in the market?
0: Sixty odd percent in Melbourne and certainly the eastern suburbs. So I break it down easy for a vendor to understand by saying if I put five fingers up in my hand, I had three properties that would sell on the day of the auction. Um, yep. One would get passed in and sell shortly after within two or so weeks and one that's overpriced and not selling and in effect helping the other four sell. Um, hmm. And that's either based on, the agent promising or advising the, the their vendor a price that's unachievable, or the client just wants the vendor wants too much money, and mm. that's that's reflection of the market. Whereas two thousand and twenty one, even those vendors that were uh, over overshooting on their price point were eventually selling. So it was mm. all five out of five or ten out of ten, hundred percent clearance rate over a six or seven week period. It was very very little being withdrawn or
1: mm. um, getting snapped up. By other agents with with um, withdrawn listings. Very good. And, and so, are most of your properties going to auction at the moment, or is it a, a combination of private sale and auction? Predominantly in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, it
0: is auction. It's the main method. It's the one I believe in, even in even in a challenging market, which is where we're in. Um, certainly, mm. providing the best um, avenue for a vendor to sell prior to auction on the day or after. And so, it's a, a that's. It's the, what I believe is the right method of sale. But we have had some private sales. For, an, for an example, we had an off-market um, sale in Rubens Grove, which we sold for $4 million. It was on the market previously via an option. So that, that wouldn't have suited the vendor moving forward. And then we had um, an apartment, which you don't generally generate a lot of interest or buyer activity. So having a private sale was the right
1: response for that particular client and that circumstance. Absolutely. And are you finding that um, the conversations you're having with your vendors at the moment are they challenging Uh, are they easy conversations are they they aligned with where the market is at the moment or is there a lot of education going on in in the background oh without question you have to be on top of your game and a
0: knowledge of the industry and what's happening around you Um, for us at the moment to give you an example of that uh, the borders have opened for china so you can travel to china and chinese people can travel here there's uh, you can't buy in canada at the moment so if you're sitting in someone's living room and you can articulate that, they go, oh, hmm, that's what you're really after, a bit of product knowledge, information about what's happening in your industry and how you can convey that in simplistic terms that a vendor would understand mm. and move forward with you. So you might say, well, so they can't buy at the moment, say, um, in in Canada, but they can buy in America in the UK, um, potentially mm. New Zealand, but I'll tell you what's safe is Australia and within Australia yep. the, the two big Country, um, the, the two big um, cities are Melbourne and Sydney, and so how it affects us in in Melbourne is that um, for around schooling, uh, there's over a hundred thousand students coming to to Australia to Melbourne uh, for for tertiary studies, and what we've what we've seen is that a new influx of those type of buyers and those families wanting to buy in, mm-hmm. and it's time to capitalize on that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's very interesting. I mean, it, the way that you've just explained that it makes perfect sense to me. And uh, you know, I think you've got to remember to everyone listening that they, vendors don't do this every single day, right? Mm. So if you can explain it as simply as possible, then you're going to get your message across very, very easily. So I think you've done some fantastic stuff there. Um, I know that you obviously represent the vendor, but we always like to ask, you know, if you're a buyer in the marketplace, what are some tips? What what do they need to do in order to get the property that they want? If at auction, bid confidently, take control of yep. the auction.
0: Often as the auctioneer I see and hear buyers say, let her have it, he wants it more. Uh, so if you be with a bit of confidence that can provide a winning strategy, uh, do your research, know what you're going to spend, bid confidently. It's like uh, running to a cliff face that you, that's in your mind that the cliff face is one say 1.2 million and the bidding starting at 1.1. Bid confidently to your 1.2, have a little bit of flexibility um, and what you're seeing is that there is good buying opportunities for those that are, that are organised and you've got the pre-approval and understanding with the future that interest rates are going to continue to rise, that you've got that uh, ability to be able to service a loan um, and you're not living outside your means. And yeah. then, um, yeah, go for it. It's still a great, one of Australia's best, best unkept secrets is buying property because it'll look after you in time. The saying is don't wait to buy property, buy property and wait.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I'm going to take that to bed tonight knowing that I bought at the peak of the market and uh, it's just going backwards, but I'll hold on to it. So thank you for that. Makes me rest easy tonight. Um, Well, that's good. So in terms of, I think, moving through to your career, so obviously you've won a number of accolades in the industry. Uh, You've worked at some of the prominent agencies across Victoria as well. You're able to just give us a bit of a summary around your career, where you started and obviously where you are today. Yeah, snapshot. I've been in the industry for 21 years. Um, But I
0: had my own agency now for six months, seven months. Um, I, I guess cut my teeth originally 21 years ago uh, for Woodards in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. I was there for a short amount of time. They went into receivership under that directorship at the time. Then I jumped over to Hocking Stewart. Um, so one of my friends at Woodards, um, their brother owned a Hocking Stewart franchise. And then I got a tap on the shoulder from Fletcher's Real Estate. Fletcher's asked me to come over shortly after that. So I've made my mark um, within Fletcher's uh, for close to 19 years. And then I had a bit of a, a gap, a restrained trade, if you like, gardening leave, that was for about nine months, 2022. And um, it's put me in a position now where I've, um, I've got a lot of tools and knowledge then and skill set that I can pass that on to new,
1: new vendors, colleagues, um, buyers, etc. Absolutely. And so you've started your new brand, of course, Heavyside Real Estate. Um, what are some of the, I guess, key points of difference that you're going to the marketplace with, with, your, with your own company?
0: It's a fresh brand, so it's cutting edge, it's sophisticated. We're a luxury boutique agency set in Surrey Hills in the east, where we service, which is predominantly Burundara Whitehorse-based. And um, I believe we could do some things better, some things differently, which we are. Um, one of our skill sets is how we can market homes. A lot of agents believe that they can do things differently. We are doing things differently. It's proofs in the pudding with 100% clearance rate. Um, and I think sometimes you don't have to be the biggest to be the best. Obviously, sometimes being the best is the best. doors ultimately don't get an agent working for them. Um, you don't get the company, irrespective if it was Fletcher's or Ray White or it's Marshall White or Dallas Craig, you don't get the company representing him. You. you get an individual agent. So there are really elite, you know, fantastic agents within companies. So it's the, mm. the agent that you get is the most important thing. And so, um, yeah, it was really something that's part, that I'm trying to p- take part in is um, building a, a strong brand in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne that in time mm. will, will potentially create a legacy for the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, was it a difficult decision? Is it something you'd always thought about doing or is it something that just sort of came up and said, you know what, let's, let's do this? Was this part of the journey or, or the plan?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought long and hard about it because it was uh, home for a long time and it wasn't like I was disgruntled or something happened or um, it was just my time. But after 19 years, it is, it is a long time to be in the one, one area and I had growth to do. I had something to give. And so I had an ambition to be able to create something that's unique, different. And so um, we're creating our own culture. And, and you know, I've, I've said it before, but my team inspired me and I inspire them. Um, we're running a small agency with limited amount of people at the moment. We are growing. Um, so we're
1: just starting to gather a bit of momentum. Oh, that's great. And are you finding that obviously you would have had an extensive database of clients throughout your big real estate career? Are, are people very receptive to this new brand? Are they, are they loving what they're seeing? Yeah, I didn't take a, a, the actual, um, you know, my
0: clients with me, if you like, a database. So it's all oh, cool. sure. all, all Organic. Um, yeah. But yeah, your, your name gets out there. And so by pushing my brand, the, the agency, the Heaviside agency, um, yeah, people are recognizing and connecting the dots. And so, yeah, I just had a client just had a vendor meeting uh, just before this podcast. And he, ha- he actually asked the same question, the client I'm selling their home tomorrow at auction. He said, I can see you've, you've got what, how many, you've got 10 listings on the go at the moment. How are you getting there? Yeah. I said, just, yeah. just like you, David, you, um, you reached out and, and got my little flyer and, and thought of me, you're in Surrey Hills and uh you you've got your mother's property you're selling canberwell and you thought I'll, I'll try this bike out and uh <laughs> it's uh that's that's what the opportunities at the moment are, are presenting but yeah the, i'm using different initiatives so google adwords um, optimization cutting egg t- technology with my branding company which is lbd who, who did the the agency marketing mm-hmm. and um some of those things in terms of Instagram and social media platforms um, are great for getting the, the brand out there in terms of what clients and really what the industry can see, what we offer. We're doing some amazing things with videography. Um, just, I believe in the two principles of simplicity and certainty. So if you can just make it easy for people to understand and deliver it in a, in a confident manner, you generally win over most people.
1: Fantastic. And do you find that, uh, obviously, real estate's changed quite a lot over the last 10 to 15 years? Uh, no, certainly when I was doing it, it was about as, make as many possible phone calls as you can, and the person that makes the phone, most phone calls wins. Do you still think that that's the way forward, or do you think that with the emergence of social media, that's changed a bit? No, it's without question. Prospecting is a key
0: element to be a successful agent and yeah. of lead generation because from one activity leads on to another. Um, so boards get boards, and um, the more listings that you have online, you're more likely to be called in as opposed to not having anything. Um, so um, market share is important, but it's not the be all and end all. So prospecting can be over various, various formats. So it can be making direct phone calls. It can be social media content. Just You've got to really give everything a go. So prospecting could be movie nights, or um, advertising externally on things, boards, VPA, lots of things, but you've got to do a manner of different things well, to be able to be successful with that Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So, um, Tim, obviously, you've started up this new business, you've been in the industry for for quite some time, and you've worked your absolute fingers to the bone. Um, We talked off air um, earlier about work life balance. Um, and how important that is to you. Obviously, you're a prolific lister. You, I think back in 2020, you did $3.7 million in GCI and 181 sales. How do you manage all this? How, how does Tim Heaviside disengage from what he does just to get through the day? I think, you know, from pure numbers, um,
0: and there are a lot of other agents that are doing more than that and some less, you've got to run in your own lane and not look at others in because it's like golf, I think, in terms of your handicap. You've just got to play your own round, not someone else's. Uh, I can't play at Tiger Woods level or um, some absolute golfer's put a uh, club in their hand for the first time. So you just got to be in your own lane and uh, yep. do the best you possibly can. Um, not live someone else's life, but live your own. So I've learned to balance. Um and I guess the, the luxury I have is that running my own agency um, can provide me time where I can do things and not do things. Um, but um, I play a bit of golf. I'm a member of a golf club. I've got a, um, a, a classic Ford Mustang, so a part of the Ford Mustang club. I love to cook. I love travelling, being around my family and having an odd glass of wine, getting out to some wineries and just enjoying time with my dog. Um, so all these things are provide balance, uh, exercise, a bit of running. So it's not all work, work, work. But I find when, when I'm running, I'm running. And when I'm yeah. with my dog, I'm with my dog. And when I'm with my wife and my children, I'm with my wife and my children. And when I'm socialising, I'm with my friends rather yeah. than I think it's easy. It's an easy trap to fall into prioritising just work all the time. Um, hmm. But when you're in work mode, be in work mode. You know, not being on the social media and seeing what text messages happening or, you know, who's booking you in for golf the the following Thursday or some rubbish. You actually be in that work mode. So Dr. Fred Gross, who's quite an industry icon, um, he taught long ago there's different channels. So channel 2 might be work mode. Channel 37 might be at home mode. Channel 22 is when you're with your dog mode, that type of thing. So be in the mode that you're in, be
1: there. That's the most important thing with balance. Absolutely. It's a very good point you raise. I've um, listened to many podcasts on this topic. And uh, if your focus and attention is being pulled in multiple different directions, you can't give it your all, right? So I think exactly what you just said, being in each specific mode um, will help you, you know, be well and truly in that moment. So very, very pertinent point that absolutely. your cars are your babies, of course, and I've heard you are a fantastic cook. So, at some stage in the future, you're going to have to uh, cook a, team, a meal for Team Homely. Um, that's that's legendary. What golf course are you a member of? Box Hill. So it's a local course. Okay. Five minutes to drive there. It's perfect. Um yep. But I
0: also, um, yeah, I play with different different couple of other social clubs. Um, yep. So it's just just important whatever floats your boat life so short just just experience all the things that really
1: tickle and make you happy yeah yeah the golf course is my happy spot so yes I, i feel you on that one um now obviously you've been directors of multiple businesses um and you've had a range of success on that front is there any sort of key i guess nuggets to success when running your own business that you could i guess share with us
0: yeah, a few things when I've started this agency, one of the most important thing to me is customer service. Um, it's also between the interactions with your colleagues and also the suppliers like Homely, uh, that the, that their relationships. So it's important to me um, at times to understand the different parts of the process in that um, you know, you're sometimes the supplier and sometimes you're the customer, sometimes you're the customer, sometimes you're the supplier. And that's the same for colleagues. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'm the director, sometimes I'm the teacher, sometimes I'm just the, the student, sometimes I'm yep. the listener, sometimes I'm the advisor, um, sometimes I've got to explain things and explain again. So there's, there's various you, things that you, you, I guess, different hats you're wearing all the time Um, to get the right outcome but the outcome for me is that people feel um, inspired to come to work and that's that's our caption for our business which is inspiring your next chapter in real estate so it's not inspiring my next chapter it's about inspiring the vendors the buyers my colleagues people that we meet generally in the public we're just trying to create a solution for their problems sometimes it's a colleagues problem that that could be financial problems. You get gets more mm-hmm. commission here the agency. Mm-hmm. Or it could be um, the vendor needs to sell for a certain reason. And I just love helping people. And that's one of the absolute foundations to be successful in, in this agent in, in real estate.
1: Yeah, it's a um, very, very good point you raise. There's so many stakeholders involved in what you do um, and without all of them ticking along and, you know, feeling involved as part of the process it doesn't work so it's a very good initiative I like I like the way you're thinking about that so we will talk about that but I guess if we move to some of the failures that you've had because everybody's had failures at some mm. stage in their life and I think it's important just to learn from those is there one moment that you could think back on and go that was pivotal to me as in terms of a failure yeah there's there's been issues obviously that have come up and
0: and gone I mean I think the one of the issues that happened in the past would have been that underquoting issue that, that did happen. Um, yep. And, you know, we've got better uh, as an industry, but um, I don't know if it was directed at any particular person, but um, yeah, back then there were some issues associated with that. Uh, I've become a much better agent through that process, um, a lot, yep. far, far more compliant, um, grown a lot, and. You know, that um, we've got a, a wonderful compl- compliance process procedures at this agency, Heaviside, um, that I think is best practice. And um, that doesn't mean we'll always get it right. Um, but I think we'll get it right most of the time. And that's what, that's what history has shown so far. Um, but if anything in life, I mean, that's just a, a, that was an issue. A few years ago and it was back in 2014-15 it was a few years ago and through anything that happens um in life i mean i had my cousin's wedding and i had my classic car as part of the wedding and i got the car serviced and then i got the car professionally detailed i got the car filled up with petrol took it to the wedding um i cleaned it again Put more petrol in. It was all. It was beautiful. It was in great condition, ready to go, and then um, picked up the, the bridesmaids, which was my role in the wedding. And um, then the accelerator cable broke.
1: Can you believe? I guess
0: it's what happens. Anything in life, there's going to be issues. But my job at that point in time was to get the the girls to the wedding. Yeah. And so you have to think on your feet. So we, you know, got them into another car. Spoke to the bride. Got, you know, I guess from that though, it creates a bit of a story mm. for the wedding. You know, oh yeah, Tim's car broke down. You know, and so it's how you react. Uh, it's not so much. There's going to be is- issues in anyone's lives, problems, and uh, sometimes you've just got to honour the struggle because life isn't smooth. It is going to go sour at point, mm. and. It's not what's happening to you, it's how you deal with anything. So, um, and getting on with things, um, which can be challenging. Um, So it's not like you just brush everything off and you have to deal with things appropriately. And there's there's different timelines that how people can deal with it. But um, the only advice that I would give anyone listening into this podcast is that um, if if you have little problems, which anyone has, try and get as much help and support that you can because going through that period of time, I had a lot of people that um, helped me um, and helped the company, um, helped um, me personally. Um, I just reached out and lent on people that I trusted for for good advice that helped me through that process. I did never try to do it through myself. Mm. And through that process, um, it's made me improve as a, as an
1: individual, as an agent and as an agency. Mm, That's pretty powerful. I mean, being a top performer and, you know, asking for help, I think that that's, you know, that's really, really powerful. So um, I think that, uh, you know, if you can apply that to your life, then you'll be a much better person for it. So, and I guess moving into where we are now. So we've talked about, you know, some challenges and failures. We're in a pretty difficult market at the moment. Um, and there are a lot of agents across Victoria and across the country that really haven't felt the effects of a significant downturn. So it's going to be pretty difficult. What would you say to these agents? What what advice would you give to them as we you know navigate these tricky conditions?
0: Yeah, I've been fortunate to go through two thousand and eight, the GFC, two thousand and seventeen to nineteen was that Royal Commission. Yep. Um, so that's provided me. There's been other segments of the market's gone up and down that type of thing as well but what i can say is that with experience provides skill set and with skill set provides activities that you can actually um, guide a vendor through or encourage a buyer um persuade a buyer to to act so um yeah those those things that aren't going for you at the moment you might have that one property that you're stuck on Mm. Weeks can't get a listing at the moment because you haven't got traction. There's lots of reasons and there's lots of frustrations as a, as a real estate agent. You're struggling with motivation and lead generation. So what I would say is that from an agent that's been through those processes, uh, sorry, through those periods of time, and uh, the one that we're in at the moment is no, no dissimilar. In fact, I think it's I, I nearly invited or welcome these times because that's when a better agent that's got those skills can actually be separate separated from an average or ordinary agent. Yeah. And you can demonstrate that skill set. Mm. And it's proven because in 2020, 2021, you just list the property, it's going to be sold. Yeah. In 2023, you list the property, there is no guarantee that property is gonna be sold. Yeah. So you're gonna have to be a little bit nuggety um, have a bit of grit. Um, you have to have some tough conversations with vendors, tough conversations with buyers. Understand that you're presenting all offers to a vendor. It is not your home, it's a professional transaction, mm-hmm. and you have to be professional to the client. What does the client want? The solution. What is the solution? Their property sold. What does the buyer want? They want to buy. That's in simple terms. But so, you know, you have to present all offers, you have to provide more skill set. In knowledge to a vendor by asking good questions to a buyer for example at what price would you like to buy the property no is it the price or is it the property it's the price when you say the price how do you mean well you're saying two million to 2.2 we wouldn't buy it for that i understand that so what price point would you buy it at 1.8 million so at 1.8 million what what you're saying to me would you be willing to move forward on this property you're damn straight, I would, Tim. Okay, so if the vendor would consider $1.8 million, would you be pre- be prepared to sign up that offer at $1.8 Hmm. No, I don't think I would be. Yeah. Okay, well, they're not genuine. But if they did say yes, you've got to pass that feedback on to the vendor yeah. because you could be over-pitching it. You know, from that five options again, you could be part of this or this. You could be the problem mm. by just not you know, conveying the right information
1: for your client to make an informed decision. And it moves the needle as well, right? You know, you can create a deal out of nothing by just having those very simple conversations and just finding out what people are prepared to pay. Um, so you're absolutely right. 2021, any agent could make money. It's this is where the tough get going, right? So it's, yeah. It's, and then, you know what I find? Peop, agents are holding on to old figures. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh. You know, in recent times I've uh, sold these, when was that? Oh, 2021, (laughs) really, okay. What's happening in 23? Yeah. Because that was two
1: years ago. Yeah, yeah, times have changed very much so. So in terms of agents that would be listening to this podcast, are there any sort of non-negotiables that you'd be saying you must be doing this in these markets? Is there any things that you would suggest are things that have to be done?
0: Oh, so many different different types of things. So if you were to focus on lead generation, you're going to have to really uh, be accessible to, to vendors and be in step with what they're, they're looking for, uh, be hungry um, and be willing to, to accommodate for certain vendors just to get in the door in the first place, chase the business up, win the business, don't be scared to ask the question, close, so too many agents are still saying, oh, listen, uh, what we can do is we we can... Uh, Mr and Mrs Vendor, now that we've come out and appraised your home, we can provide you with a report. What, what, what report? You ask the question. You, you're well and truly within your rights yeah. to ask the question whether or not they feel comfortable to proceed. Yeah. Uh, have I done enough to earn your business? Yeah. Are you willing to move forward with me? Um, based on everything you've heard today or tonight, are you okay? Mm. If you're okay what we need to do is complete this agreement. I'll just go through with you now. Mm. These are closing questions that, you know, these are non-negotiables rather than, listen, what I'll do now, you don't have to make a decision. I'll provide you with a report. What on earth are you doing? Yeah. It's non-negotiable to me to, to actually close
1: and ask, ask the question, non-negotiable. Absolutely. So all the top performers I've ever seen are uh, absolute perfectionists at asking those questions. I used to work with Sam Rogopoulos from Jealous Craig out in, in Northgate, and he was a magician, an absolute magician at the close, um, and it was magnificent to watch. But I, I love hearing that sort of stuff. I think that's really, really important because if you don't ask the question, you do not get. So I think that's a, a really, really positive thing to bring from it. We're getting to the end of the podcast, Tim. I just wanted to finish with two more questions. We have sort of covered off on some of your failures and this sort of covers in that question as well. But if you could go back to any point in your career and change one thing, is there anything that comes to mind?
0: Um, I, you know, I don't really... I believe there's three people in life. There's people that live in the past, those that live in the present, and those that live in the future. My, my best friend lives in the past. He can tell you all our childhood teachers and friends of primary school and secondary. And I've really struggled to remember. Yeah. My wife lives in the now. Yep. So if you if you were to ask her now, oh, what's for dinner, honey? She'll go, oh, I don't know, I'm not hungry for dinner now. Well, you'd have to organize stuff, surely. I mean, she, she would start to think about dinner at five or six o'clock I'm like what because I'm future I'm a future based person yeah so I don't really hang on to the past too much but to answer your question perhaps I had many many years ago a situation where I sold a property and um it it actually uh it all sold on a Saturday and the boy wanted to show their mum through on the Sunday and they um they came and they had a look at it, and they got bad buyer's remorse. Oh no, deal breaking mum and, and uh, dad.
1: No, <laughs>
0: yeah, and there was no cooling off. They bought it. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I think I, I would like to have handled myself better in that in that meeting. Okay, um, for that one, but I don't really have many. I mean, anyone that knows me for a good period of time, I'm a genuine person, so always willing to help people and do things like. I don't real never. I don't really have any malice for anyone. So even if people haven't done the right thing with me, I just move on really quick because I'm always looking at the, the nicest parts of people and I forgive really quick. So if you're an enemy of mine, you're listening to this. I'm probably not even thinking about you or doing anything. I'm. I'm I don't have many enemies, but if you are, if you're listening, yeah. um, you know I've forgotten or done. I moved on very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's important for those that have missed the listing, though I got promised the listing as an agent, you're listening to the podcast and you're struggling to get over it. Um, you know, I, I really believe that you need to adjust the strings on your racket if you're playing tennis very quickly, not get emotionally all upset and move on very quickly to the, to the next job
1: Good point. I mean, you know, this industry is so many hard knocks. So if you get too many cuts along the way and you just stop to think about those at the time, you're just not going to go anywhere. So yeah, move on very quickly. It's about being thick skinned, right? Final question, and this is a one that I'm not sure because you sell in the multi million dollar market, but if you had a million dollars to spend right now, where would you buy?
0: I think further out in the eastern suburbs, you buy, like, what I know is that people buy in price number one mode of accommodation to location number three, but so it's going to be a price point, certainly where I am. Yeah. So at a million dollars, you're buying further out, say, Heathmont, that type of thing. Okay. Anything along a railway line is still going to be a key yep. pillar in the future. So I around that Heathmont's quite good. Okay, um, that, that sort of price point, parts in Ringwood, pretty good. Yep. I really don't know the other areas of melbourne that very well i mean i like williamstown i don't know how much is priced i like it yeah i don't mind Fitzroy and stuff i don't mind bentley and things but i don't really know these areas yeah but i know the eastern
1: suburbs very well yeah and so i would answer Heath one okay good answer good answer Well, Tim, thank you very much for joining us. That's pretty much wrapped up everything we have for you today. Uh, You've been an absolute superstar and our first guest. So we thank you very, very much for participating. Um, And we thank you for supporting Homely as well. You're a big supporter of ours. And uh, you know I think that we can do some great things together as we move forward. So thank you very much. Thanks, Ben and the team at Homely. And
0: I appreciate being the, the first person on your podcast. And I wish you every success.
1: Thanks very much. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on the Upshot podcast by Homely. I'm Ben Williams, and today we got to meet an industry legend, Tim Heaviside. Before you go, please hit follow, like, and subscribe to make sure you have me and my next guest back in your ears in two weeks time. Until then, make sure you share this episode with your friends and colleagues, find details and resources in the show notes, and get in touch via Homely socials with any questions. That's at homely.com.au on Insta, Facebook, and TikTok.